0: Thank you so much for clicking on this week's episode of the Gillyweed Girls. Make yourself a cup of tea, find a comfy safe space, and sit back while we tell you the tale of Tam Lynn.
1: A couple of weeks ago, I was intrigued when I saw this article by The Economist, this reliable news source, called Why the Legend of Tamlin Has Captured Artists' Imaginations. It was published on November 4th, 2022, categorized as Old Weird British Culture, which I loved. Uh, And on The Economist's website, the article begins by talking about the many British tales that we're all kind of familiar with that we know and love, like King Arthur and his sword and Merlin and all that jazz, Robin Hood. And then our lovely story of Tamlin. The first time I heard the name Tamlin, it was associated with a book that Kayla and my mom recommended I read to get back into fantasy called A Court of Thorns and Roses.
0: Yes, and let me tell you, I was shook when I learned that the name Tamlin, or Tam-Lin, rather, had historical precedent under wildly similar themes and events. So the book, A Court of Thorn and Roses, takes place in a world called Prithian that's divided into seven courts, summer, autumn, winter, spring, dawn, day, and night. To govern each of the courts, the most powerful Haifei were chosen, and then after they died, the position would be filled not by their for- firstborn male children, but by their most powerful son. For this reason, there were always family disputes for power in the courts."
1: And I want to explain kind of this high fae is basically like a god tier fairy breed person. Um, imagine uh, Legolas compared to Aragorn. Like, yes, Aragorn has his amazing, like, cloaked badassery, but <laughs> Legolas is an elf, so he's just better and stronger in a lot of ways. And that's what this is as well, like that fairy elf kind of vibe. Uh, so in this world, humans and magical beings kind of coexist, but not peacefully. There's this magical wall uh, that keeps the little humans that are left safe <laughs> from the fairies that are on the continent. All of the High Lords have these dope abilities and can do crazy things with their powers. But our protagonist in the story, Farah, is a 19-year-old girl who starts the book by hunting in the woods. She needs to feed her family, so she out there providing, getting bread. <laughs> And she's forced to kill a wolf who she thinks is threatening her life. So, like, fair enough, right? It's justified. Uh, wrong apparently according to this scary fairy man. This magical massive beast crashes into Far- Farrah's living room which is just a tiny area in this hut which <laughs> her is her hut. entire house <laughs> and basically just like roasts Farrah for killing the wolf and is scolding her saying he was a fae how dare she kill this actual human like he had a soul you murdered somebody and now she has to come to the fairy realm to pay her penance specifically because come to the spring court, and get this debt off of the books.
0: Yes. So without spoilers, Tamlin becomes the first main love interest in the story, which I guess that itself is a little bit of a spoiler. Um, But it's, it's, like, crucial to the episode today, so just know that that's not a big enough spoiler to, like, prohibit you from reading Akotar, so go for it. Um, but the book is by Sarah J Moss, and she actually uses a lot of well-known lore in some of her stories. So while like I was a little bit shook to learn about the real tale of Tamlin, I really wasn't all that surprised to learn that there was a real tale of Tamlin that the story was inspired by. Tamlin is a Scottish ballad. It is set in Carter Hall, which is a real location on the Scottish border. It was first mentioned in The Complaint of Scotland in 1549, but no written version exists of it until much later. Francis James Child records the ballad in his collection, The English and Scottish Popular Ballads, 1882 to 1898. So stories about mortals who find their way to fairyland are pretty common in Scotland and other Celtic countries. Tamlin is one of the best known and can be widely found as a story and a song.
1: There's lots of ballads that involve a run-in with the fairy world coming from Scotland in this general area in the British Isles. There's one called Thomas the Rhymer. A man encounters the queen of the fairies and has to spend seven years in her world, which doesn't sound too bad. Um, there's yeah. not more information than that that comes from this article, but I need to look more into it. But sounds kind of nice. I'd spend seven years with <laughs> the fairy queen. Unless she was like Amarantha, then we would not. True. There's another story that has versions that are kind of different, but same, same, but different, found in Wales, Ireland, and Cornwall, where a woman's given a job as a nursemaid and this mysterious stranger has hired her. The only rule she has on this job is to not bathe her eyes with the ointment she's given specifically to bathe the child's eyes, which, like, I wouldn't. If I was told, like, don't put this ointment on your eyes, it's only for my kid's eyes, I wouldn't be like, oh, let's yeah. see what this does to me. Like, that seems yeah. horrifying. Not much of,
0: like, putting ointment, ointment in your eyes? Like, yeah. Oof. Like, that does not sound
1: pleasing at all. No thanks. If you. it was, like, don't open this locked box or, like, yeah. don't open the nice wine, but you can have that mm-hmm. wine, like, those are temptations. Yeah. But if somebody was, like, don't eat that, ointment dog poop. I'd yeah. be like yeah no shit I'm not gonna put that ointment mm-hmm. in my eyes thank you I don't unless think unless you
0: knew that it would do what it does then exactly
1: honestly, be, and if attentive. she did then I would do it too absolutely yeah. so of course <laughs> this woman puts the ointment in her eyes Who'd, who wouldn't me probably, <laughs> I don't know, but, but <laughs> she puts the ointment in her eyes, and she finds out that this child all along has been using it to be able to see fairy children, and now she could see them too. And she sees the children all playing and having a great time. Oh. Uh, maybe the dad comes home like in Bluebeard from the Grimm brothers' tale, and like kills her. I'm not positive. Oh, need to look up that tale more in-depth as well. There's another one. It's called Cold Tom by Sally Prue. It's a children's novel based solely on the story of Tamlin, which is awesome. And people all over the world really can enjoy the ballad now. It's been translated into Italian, Polish, Russian, and back in Scotland, there's a reel, a type of dance that kind of proves how popular it's gotten. It was originally just called Tamlin, but it's involved to be known more commonly today as the Glasgow Reel.
0: That's awesome. I have heard of that.
1: Right? Cool. Same. It's like one of the few Irish dances I feel like I have, or Scottish, that I have heard of, and... Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like I want to go look up a video now and watch people right. do the Scottish cool. <laughs> okay. So, let's get into it. Who was Tamlin, and what is his story? Not the Akotar, Sarah J. Mass version, like we're talking about OG, The Ballad of Tam Lin. Basically, Tam Lin tells the story of a girl named Janet. Janet's lover is a fairy knight known as Tam Lin. She finds out that she's pregnant. You know, big, big surprise there. So on Halloween, she heads out into the woods to pick herbs that'll get rid of the baby.
1: Oh, not woo.
0: Yeah. yeah, She was wooed. Baby. No, she was not wooed. She was a, she knew what she wanted and an offspring was not it. So she ventures off into the woods to pick the herbs, but Tamlin shows up and pretty much asks her not to do it he's like no don't pick the herbs don't get rid of the baby and she pretty much like comes back with a fuck you i don't want a child um and i don't want to raise a kid by myself while their dad is out messing and gallivanting around in a fairy court which fair Fair enough enough. i would not want to either especially if it's like i can't be in the fairy court but you can and you want me to raise your baby over here absolutely not
1: hell no. no
0: No. So Tamlin tells her that he wants to help her raise the child and that he actually used to be a mortal man, but apparently he was so handsome, just like hottest (laughs) guy ever, to the point where the queen of fairies herself took him for her own. So on Halloween, the queen of fairies was actually planning on sacrificing him to hell, which uh, this is a little, like, this is where it gets wild. Unless Janet saves him. Dun dun. So Janet is like, yeah, I love you. Let's do this. So she pulls up at the Queen of Fairies midnight procession where she pulls Tamlin off of his horse. The fairy queen proceeds to turn him into a bunch of awful things like a lion, a swan, a burning brand, a bunch more stuff. But Janet stays true and holds on to him, which apparently in their world, it proves that Tamlin belongs to her. He is now her possession. She's proved her worth. And then the tale ends with the fairy queen threatening Tamlin in a very eerily manner, saying that if she knew what would have happened and what the outcome would have been, she would have turned him instead into a tree or just straight up blinded him. So yeah, that's the story of Tamlin that's covered in the ballad. It's a little bit of a wild ride, um, but that's it. We don't want to give too much of A Court of Thorn and Roses away, especially because the mystery and twists of book one and two are so incredibly satisfying. So we're going to leave those details out, even though it's really, really hard to do because there are some really cool connections. So stay tuned in the future. We will probably, if you've already read Akotar, we're probably going to come out with a bonus episode or a YouTube video, talking about, like, the tale of
1: Tamlin and the connections to A Court of Thorn and Roses. And it's so cool, and I do mm-hmm. want to unpack it. It's, like, yeah. we have Janet having to face all of these trials while Tamlin's mm-hmm. being turned into these creatures and, like, manipulated and having to watch mm-hmm. the person he loves go through these. Yes. And all of that is in Aquatar, and it's mm-hmm. just a fantastic book. If yeah. you are a 18 16 to... Any age-year-old human who enjoys fantasy and a little bit of, what's the word, Kayla? Smut. Smut. Smut, (laughs) Smut, yeah. It was my first smut book that I read last year. And, you know, I'm just getting into that world, so I have no critical thinking opinions (laughs) that are helpful. But it's a great book.
0: It is a great book.
1: Great book. I'm a huge
0: fan of everything Sarah J. Mass, but A Court of Thorn and Roses is what hooked me. And I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, if you're old enough to read things that have some romance and spice in them, give A Court of Thorn and Roses a try because
1: it's an amazing series. Definitely. So I am a history teacher, if you haven't caught on yet, you know, <laughs> and love my primary sources. So I wanted to really unpack the absolute source of this story. And like Kayla said earlier in the episode, The Complaint of Scotland is the original source that we have of this story. It's one of a group of stories that we have coming from the era of prehistory before writing uh, emerges and written languages are developed. And these stories are actually written down to be able to be passed on for generations before that it was all like campfire stories and like story time at bed and all of that to give these tales longevity but it's really cool the story of Tamlin was able to survive the unwritten world in the unwritten era and make it to even the book that was recommended to me that's coming out today, A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. We find the first occurrence of the name Tamlin in an anonymous source that Kayla mentioned earlier called The Complaint of Scotland. It's a political text that was written around 1549 or 1550. Some people think that the author was a man called Robert Wedderburn, but this is up for debate. So at this time in history, England and Scotland have some beef, basically. England is pursuing a unification with Scotland, and this text is written in part in opposition to that movement. Uh, They basically create this personification of Scotland in The Complaint of Scotland, and her name is Dame Scotia. She advocates for Scotland's independence as a unique culture and therefore claims it should remain separate from England. And that's the political portion of the essay, but of course there's this fantastical element if you're involving a personification of an entire country Mm -hmm. to justify why another shouldn't colonize it. Within it, there's more mystical elements if you will. For example, on page 231 uh, of the preliminary dissertation of The Complaint of Scotland, we're given the tale of the young Tamleen. Originally, the tale was a fairy romance, but was probably converted by popular tradition into a historical ballad preserved and published in Scotland's historical works. Fragments of the tale began popping up in 1776 with her Scottish songs and Johnson Museum historical songs are such a cool way to learn about the past these songs were short romances in themselves you know like taylor swift or john mayer songs and were introduced <laughs> oftentimes into other poems though which is kind of a cool part of history from the past these songs were remixed and repurposed for dances like the john m strangest dance robin Hued, and the tom of lynn back to Tamlin. So as a little
0: backstory, this is the first
1: measure of the actual Ballad
0: of Tamlin, one of like the original ones that are recorded in history. Um, so Sarah is going to do a little presentation on the first four lines to kind of introduce you guys to the OG Ballad of Tamlin.
1: Okay. Oh, I forbid you maiden, that wear gold on your hair. To come or gay by Carterha huh, for a young Tamlin is there. So basically, it's saying, Oh, I forbid you maidens that wear gold in your hair to be happy over here in Carterha. Huh? Don't come over here having a good time because Tamlin's here.
0: Heck yeah. And that is the opening, opening lines to the ballad of Tamlin, which you can easily find on Google if you want to read through the OG ballad for yourself
1: so in the future we'll be exploring more male seductresses that lure women into horrible decisions or you know similar sort of themes just because that can be fun to unpack you know we have peter pan we have shrek technically in a way (laughs) i hate to say it i hate to say it but we do. We should do an episode just on Shrek. Yeah, 100. We have another one. They're called the Ganca. They're a male fairy from Northern Irish mythology. They're known for seducing women. They're described as little men who live in caves. They kidnap human women. So leprechauns. Yeah, leprechauns that kidnap <laughs> women. And it's crazy. You die. You die if, if they don't have a satisfying time with you at the end. So, in the future, we'll be unpacking scary little evil leprechaun men that bite at your toes and make you miserable. And big men that bite at your toes and make you miserable, too. Like, real human ones, you know? (laughs) So, save your toes. Just
0: all the creepy feelings (laughs) and more.
1: It's snowing here this week. Wrap them up in some fuzzy socks so no scary men can (laughs) snap at them with their teeth in the woods. Thank you guys so much for listening to this
0: episode of the Gillyweed Girls. I know me personally, before we researched for this episode, I did not know the extent of the ballad of Tam Lin. Um, I'll be honest, like I was obsessed with Akotar, still am, and I didn't even know that Tam Lynn was a story beyond what Sarah J. Moss had written. So I hope that you learned something new during this episode. Um, if you already knew the tale of Tam Lin, I hope we didn't butcher it. Hopefully we did it a little <laughs> (laughs) Bit of justice. And if you didn't
1: already know this story, I hope that this was a good introduction for you and I hope that you enjoyed it. Go find more lore that inspires the stories that you love. We know that Harry Potter is inspired by so much Latin and so many of the classics. We have so much inspiration that inspires the modern media that we enjoy today. So find it for yourself and share that with us on Instagram, Gmail, however you want to shoot us a message. And maybe if the story is awesome, we'll share it here. as well unfortunately you can't join us next week i am going to be turning into mrs christensen instead of ms predmore so we will be taking the next week off as i am getting married and that is very time consuming and kayla is going to be traveling Yay. and away because she's coming with her family to be here for the wedding
0: heck yeah yeah i'm so excited So join us in two weeks. We will have an episode jam-packed full of amazing things for you guys. Um, And I cannot wait to get started on another story. XOXO,
1: Gillyweed Girls.